My name is Patrick McGinnis, and I'm the guy who invented the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. Today, FOMO is an epidemic, and it's changing us so much that it sort of feels like we're evolving into a new species. But FOMO doesn't have to take over your life. You can find the power to choose what you actually want and the courage to miss out on the rest. I'll show you how right here on FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, the show about finding the power to choose what you actually want in life and in business and the courage to miss out on the rest. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, the creator of the firm term FOMO, and I'm coming at you live, actually, from Advertising Week in New York City. If you can hear the buzz of the crowd around me, it's because we are in the thick of it at Advertising Week. So if you're like me, and I hope that you are like me on this one, you start and end every day by brushing your teeth. And Hopefully you actually then brush your teeth a couple other times as well. Brushing your teeth is one of those things that you do every single day of your life. But have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why do I use this brand of toothpaste? Is it even good for me? Or how about this one? Do you love your toothpaste? Does it give you FOMO when you think about brushing your teeth? Do you want to just go out and brush all the time? Well, my guest today is Craig Dubitsky. Craig is the friendly founder and CEO of Hello Products, a disruptive and I would argue fun startup that's changing the Oroca industry. He's the co-founder of EOS Products, also a disruptor, but this time for Lip Balm. And he's also an early investor and board member of Method, the green cleaning products company. Not surprisingly, given all I've just told you, Craig was named to Advertising Age's Creativity 50 as one of the most influential and innovative creative thinkers and doers. And I'm so excited to have Craig here with me in the studio live at Advertising Week. Who knew? Thank you well, for having welcome. me. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to turn the volume up because like, I've been here all day. It's been a crazy day. And now this is the fun part. We get to talk about building crazy, amazing brands Let's do with it. somebody who does it all the time. Let's do it. So Craig, before we get into all the cool things you've been done in your career, I want to ask you my favorite question, which is, what is giving you FOMO right now? Wow. Um, to be asked that question from the person who created FOMO is uh, a burden for me. What's giving me FOMO right now? You know, I don't really, I don't really have FOMO. I have. Uh, I might need a new acronym. I have. Um, I have font. Fear of not trying. <laughs> I just want to keep trying more stuff. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. No, no, no. FOMO, just font. So you, so you know, it's funny. Is that the point of the show is to look at FOMO and then figure out how to beat it. You already did it, so you're the perfect person to come in and talk to us today. Yeah, I'm ready. I think if you can figure out what you love to do, you're way ahead of the game. You're already, you're already doing what you love. So I totally agree. What's what am I missing out on? I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of things. Maybe ignorance is bliss, but I feel like uh, I'm the luckiest person. Basically, you just met. So that's awesome. Excited to be here. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I, I accept your answer. Thank you. Um, Final answer. So I, I'm going to come clean in the beginning, which is that I um, I grew up in the state of Maine, and one day I worked as a temp at the Toms of Maine toothpaste factory. <laughs> My job was there were boxes of toothpaste, and I had to put a sticker that said "Dentrefice," which is French for toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Like they actually had somebody do this: go to each toothpaste box and put the little sticker on it. That was a job, and I did it for one day, but 
not a great day of work, but what I learned that day from the people who worked in the factory was that the toothpaste that I had been using, and I, it was one of those brands that you know most of us use, mm -hmm. I learned about how much sugar and additives and all this crazy sweeteners and things were in there, and it really blew my mind. And that day, going forward, I started using Tom's of Maine. And then a couple months ago, my college friend, Amy Calhoun-Rob, who works as VP of Marketing at your company. Shout out, Amy. Hello, Amy. She told me about Hello, and I decided to try it, and I've been using it ever since, and I'm loving it. But you know that kind of goes to the story that you have this very large industry, which does have these dominant kind of incumbent players, and you've had one player come in in kind of the natural space, which is Tom's of Maine. And now you have come in as this kind of fresh company, that is doing something totally new, but you know, it, it, somebody who was walking down the aisle of a, of a convenience store might have seen Tom's and said, well, you know, that space is taken. You saw something different. What inspired you to start this business? Uh, I actually wasn't all that far away from where we're sitting right now, and I was in a local pharmacy, uh, and I walked by the oral care aisle, and I'm a very visual person. I'm not visual in terms of having anything to look at right here, but I'm always looking. And I saw out of the corner of my eye all these tubes of toothpaste, and they had pictures of extracted teeth on them, <laughs> like with the roots dangling down. And that honestly kind of skeeved me out. I thought, what the, <laughs> what is that? What the heck? Yes, what the heck is that? You know, the last thing I ever wanted to see was an extracted tooth. Like, how did an extracted tooth, the thing I was trying to avoid at all costs, become the icon, the global icon of good oral health? It's like the ambulance drives by, and there's a staff with the two snakes twisted around it, and God forbid you're sick or you know, you're having a, a heart attack. You don't say, get me the car with the, get me the guy or the gal with the staff and the two snakes. Like, how do these things become icons right. for health? So I looked at the extracted teeth, and it kind of freaked me out, and everything in the category was literally focused on killing and fighting. So I'm reading the copy in the store, and I'm like, kills this, fights that. Everything was negative and aggressive and, you know, bellicose. And I thought, that's really crazy. And I, I'm not a chemist, but I flipped over one of the products and I saw saccharin. And I'm like, saccharin? Didn't they, like, vanquish that from diet soft drinks decades ago, like yes. 30, 40 years Isn't ago? They? Yeah. I'm like, why is that in this product? And then I looked at this other ingredient. I'm like, triclosan? I don't even know what that is. Why is that, like, this call-out active ingredient? And I Googled it and I saw that the FDA had banned triclosan from hand soap years ago. Whoa, wait, you can't wash your hands with this ingredient? You can put it in your mouth and your kids' mouths? I'm like, that's, that's nutty. And just thinking about the category, again, everything seemed to be based on fear and shame. Like if you're not whitening, you're frightening. If you're not killing, eliminating, or destroying everything in your mouth, you're, I, I like to rhyme whenever possible. So <laughs> if you're not doing all that stuff, killing, eliminating, fighting, destroying, you're not gonna get paid and you're not gonna get laid. You're not gonna get the job, you're not gonna get kissed. It's all over for you, you know? It, and, and, the, and the dentist is gonna drill, fill, and bill you. That's what's gonna happen. It's all about fear. So I thought, well, I like to think as humans we're a little bit more evolved than that and we don't need fear to be the driver of all of our decisions, right? I'm just scared so, you know, scared spitless. I better <laughs> buy this stuff, I better do this. So I thought of the friendliest word I could think of because nothing in the category seemed friendly to me. So I trademarked the word hello all over the world. Um, and it's called hello. So you, did you ever think, like, maybe I should call this company Fort, Fear of Rotten Teeth? Did that ever cross your mind? Didn't, didn't maybe, come to mind, but maybe that's now. negative. That's scary, right? That's yeah. a scare tactic. Fair enough. So I was keeping it on the positive tip. 
And, you know, I brought product with me. If you're listening, I'm sorry about that. But If you're um, listening, just log on to the yeah, website. Just log on. Yeah, log on to the website. Helloproducts.com. Um, on, this is a fluoride-free product, and literally next to every ingredient, it tells you what it does. Yeah. Like, nobody does that. I mean, yeah. who does that, right? But to me, that was really important. To us as a company, it was really important. So I'm going to show you something else really crazy. So don't, don't try this at home. But this is a fluoride-free... Hello, toothpaste. So never do what I'm going to do with anything, let alone a fluoride product. But you ready? It's yeah. Visual. Do it. Get it you done. can't unsee it. You ready? Oh. Wow. I think I took down a lot of it. It's probably all over my mouth right now. It is, but I mean, but it's really good. Um, you could do that. If I did that with some other product, you'd be calling, you know, the ambulance right now. The people with the staff and the snakes around <laughs> it. Um, and the other thing is, if you check out this tube, it keeps coming back to its shape. Yeah. Because I feel like we're saving marriages and relationships. Because people fight over which end of the tube you were incorrectly squeezing. You know, that's such an interesting design point because when I think about, you know, I have these toothpastes in my house that are, you, you're leaving a lot in the, in, the, in the package, it's unattractive. And it didn't even occur to me, but this looks the same whether it's full or empty. That was my entire design brief, literally. It should look the same the day you discard it as the day you bought it, and it should be pretty enough to display. So Hello That's is it. different, right? Hello is different in terms of <laughs> its brand identity, in terms of its formulation, in terms of just like the basic things like the packaging and how, but yeah. what, what is the, you know, as you think about how you came to these insights, like, or what is sort of at, at the DNA of Hello, like what really makes Hello different than anybody else out there? It's gonna sound trite, but it's always the people. It's always the people. If you have the greatest idea with the wrong people, nothing happens. If you have a modest idea and great people, they'll turn that idea into a great thing and a great company because a company is just a collection of people. So I, I, I worry that it sounds trite and I apologize if it does, but sometimes things become trite because you hear them so often, but sometimes you hear them so often because they're true. Yeah. And in this case, it's true. We have an amazing team of people. Yes, the products are very thoughtfully sourced. Like literally if... You can see the bottom of my shoes. I don't want to get too, uh, you know, limber over here. But they're they're this color because a few weeks ago, we were in the mint fields. Our fourth generation mint growers are based in the Willamette Valley in Central Oregon, and we're there with our mint growers, who, by the way, happen to be women wow. at this particular farm. Fourth generation mint growers, and we're there, you know, swathing the mint. We're, we're we're harvesting the mint that goes in these products. Like we know who's growing our mint. Like for us, the big idea was to be really, really mindful about our ingredients and where and how we source them. Even the boxes are FSC certified paper so we don't kill more trees. You know, it's, it's like we try to think of everything that could be tweaked, improved, like with a wink added to it and, and make everything as natural as we could. But the really big idea was to make something for the 100%, not for the 1%. That was the really, really big idea. So it's great to have like all these ideals and be really mindful about where and how you source everything. But if it's like $1,000 a tube, you're not really helping anybody. That's like a design exercise. The big idea, again, was to make a better product that everyone could afford. So I like to say, well, those for the 100%, not for the 1%. And that is what drives us every day. And that, as like a beacon, a rallying cry, is what gets people to join the brand whether they join us at the company level to come work together with us, not for us, with us, 
or to seek us out online or buy the product wherever they shop because it's available everywhere. And that, that's in our DNA. Like this notion we can make personal care personal again. And in this case, since I ate this toothpaste ingestible. Um, and you look happy, by the way. It's been a couple minutes I, and you look. I feel fine. You I look like any water or nothing. healthier to me. Thank you. <laughs> it's great. I'm certainly friendlier, right? My breath is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we care about people. That's what it's about. You mentioned, and this is one of the things that surprised me, is when my, when my friend Amy said, you got to check out these products. So we were at, at our college reunion at dinner, and, I, and of course, I thought, well, this sounds kind of cool. I'm up for it. I logged into Amazon, and the price point was accessible. And, you know, it's so interesting because when we think about natural care products, there is this legacy that somehow only rich people should be allowed to have things that are pure and organic and natural and are thoughtful and good for the earth. Like somehow they, some sort of luxury to be able to, to enjoy those experiences. But of course, you're absolutely right. This should be something that's for all people. Absolutely. But I imagine when you came out with the product, there was pushback around that. And that, you know, some people said, you know, why, can you really have this kind of product, product in a CVS? Will this work? Um, how did you manage to go mass early on? What was the, I guess, the proving point to be able to say to people, listen, we can make this work. We don't just need mavens or you know, early, early adopters. Sure. I was very fortunate to have had past experience with brands like Method and EOS that had really attracted passionate and impassioned followers, users. I never use the word consumer. I call that the dreaded C word. That's like a, a bad word. We're people. We happen to consume things. So I, I, I really shy away from, from the word consumer. And having had this experience with Method and EOS and seeing that people... If you, if you pay really close attention to the details in your product, you can create something that will actually, it's gonna sound, again, uh, a, little, a little soft, but create love, like some emotion in a category that hasn't really had much positive emotion. Yeah. People were, were buying things because they felt they had to, or it was on sale, or it had some brand badge value that made them feel extra special, and they were willing to pay a premium for it. We just wanted to make stuff, again, that was like everyday awesome, that you could fall in love with but use every day. And if you just create a bright spot in someone's day, just a little, a little thing, a tube that doesn't crinkle, a flavor that tastes great, you know, all the no's we have, no artificial, you know, dyes and flavors and sweeteners and all that kind of stuff, um, you, you create something that people end up falling in love with because they use it every day. And it greets them, right? It says hello in the morning. It's kind of cool before you go to sleep. Yeah, it's cheerful. I, I agree. When I use it, yeah. I sort of feel like I wake up, it's there, it's part of my day, it's part of your routine, and if you can feel good about this product that could become very mundane, but if you can feel like it's exciting. So, for example, you have the charcoal, mm -hmm. which I use in the morning, and it's kind of like a little adventure to brush your teeth, isn't it? Yeah, I your, mean... Your, your mouth turns black. It's incredible. And then your teeth become white. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it really works. It really whitens. It really is fresh. And people love it. And again, it's, it's taking this everyday thing, and sometimes it just takes a little tweak to something to make it awesome. And make people go, wow, like I never thought about that. I never thought about what was in my toothpaste, like you were saying. I didn't realize that toothpaste doesn't have to be white to actually whiten my teeth. Like it's these moments where people get surprised. It's the old surprise and delight stuff. Yes. Except it's real. <laughs> it's not like some prefab, oh, we're gonna, work with an agency that's gonna do some insights work for us and figure out what the most delightful thing is to the largest number of people under the fattest part of the bell curve. Like people don't really know what they necessarily want and they know something's bugging them yeah. and they sometimes can't even articulate that. 
So for us, we like to play around, experiment, move really fast. Um, you know, we're, we're nimble. That's, that's the other part of the magic that makes us different. Going back to your original question, like, you know, why are you guys yeah. different? We're really fast. So the mouthwash is an example. We went from concept to fully commercialized product on the shelf in four months, which is wow. you know, pretty Wow, how fast. do you do that? Like, what is the secret to moving that fast? Uh, the power of conviction. Really passionate team. Uh, luckily, a team that's got great experience, so we're able to, you know, sort of maneuver very, very quickly, and convincing partners because you know you, you can't operate in a vacuum. That this is the right idea, and that they need to pull out all the stops and get on board with you. And uh, you know, this whole notion again of making a, a better product that people can fall in love with—it's very intoxicating for folks. And we're very close with our with our growers and our and our manufacturing partners, and we get them, you know, fired up. Because people don't tend to go to the bottle plant and say, you know what, you're not making bottles, you're making art. Like, that's what we're doing. Everyday art that's going to make people smile and happy. And they're like, you came to the factory to tell us that? I'm like, yeah, I came to the factory to tell you that. Yeah. Like, you, you, there's, there's no outsourcing of soul right. at Hello. Like, we're right in it all the time. When you're hiring people, I mean, you, you mentioned to be able to move that quickly, definitely having industry expertise you cannot sort of you cannot underestimate the importance of that. But you also need people who aren't sort of haven't been ruined by working in a certain yes. industry and haven't become like automatons that just are like, no, this is how we do things. How do you how do you find those people who have the requisite experience but are willing to kind of join you on this journey to do something completely different? Um, you'd be amazed how many people call up and write in, and they send you a resume or they write some uh, really just sort of bullet-pointed, boilerplate thing, they haven't even tried the product. I'm like, how could you write to a company and you've never even tried the product? Like, you've got to be kidding me. That's just insulting. So first, the first question is, have you used our product? It's widely available. It's affordable. So if someone says no, I'm sort of like, all right, this is really actually great say, to meet no, you. Why don't you just kind of... I literally just give them a sample and I'm like, But I just, wouldn't they just tip. be like, oh yeah, totally, every day? Well, you, well, you, you think, and I appreciate the, the veracity of the answer, yeah. but... I'm sort of disappointed that this, this time together didn't even mean enough to, you know, where you even tried the product, like really. But I, I also give those people a sample and give them like a pro tip. Like if you're going to meet somebody and you want to join their company, you should have some experience with the product or the brand. But um, that happens very, very infrequently and usually with, with junior folks. More senior folks, this is a crazy idea, but we give them a questionnaire. I mean, it's pretty out there. Because there are things you're not going to get from an interview. There are things you're not going to get via email. I want to know, like, what's your, you know what? Write a jingle for hello right now. Like, in the room, like, write a jingle. And they go, what? Like, I, don't, I can't read or write music. I don't care. Like, there's, I didn't know how to make mouthwash before. Like, we all had to learn a lot of stuff on the fly. So, you know, what's your favorite song? Why? Like, you know, uh, you know not trying to be creepy about it just trying to get a real sense of how people feel and how they think, and not give them obtuse math problems. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to hire for character and characters who are gonna bring their unique personality that can stamp on our brand and proxy and make it better. So my job is to magnetize the business and let the coolest, smartest people do their coolest, smartest, best work ever. And the more we enable that, and I have a great, like I said, I have a great team, I have a great CEO who's a partner of mine, you know, with a, with a traditional background, and when you marry, you know, consulting and big CPG background with 
entrepreneurial zeal and vision seeking, <laughs> um, you put all that stuff together and you operationalize it, you get magic. If you just had one without the other, it wouldn't be quite as functional. You know? So because we have this left brain, right brain thing going, we can move twice as fast or five times as fast. And we call it speedership, not just leadership. I love that. Is that, is that original term, speedership? I probably would guess it's not. I, Only because I think any word that can be messed with has probably been messed with. Acronyms are different. Thank you. But I know, I uh, thought I invented Brexpert, an expert uh, on Brexit, and apparently I did not. Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought I invented entrepreneur. I totally didn't. I thought I did too for like, a, and then I googled it. Yeah, I was bummed. I Maybe was bummed. We'll, I, well, I, we're gonna get into. I know you like. I love names and wanna, naming. We're gonna go there. Oh, good, good, good. Not quite yet. I'm saving that up for I'm, the. I'm, I'm I ready. will say, you know, your hiring strategy sounds amazing, and if you ever need somebody who can put stickers on boxes, like I did in French, in French. only in French. Dans for your Canadian <laughs> export. I, I just call me. Um, uh, can you say pasta uh, in French? Because that's paste in Le various paste. languages. Oh, well, there you go. Le pasteur. Um, <laughs> so so uh, you're in this big industry. I mean, I was, so when I was preparing for our interview, I went to CVS and I walked around the toothpaste aisle. Mm-hmm. And I noticed what you said about this extractive nature. And I also noticed there were a lot of, everybody had like glitter on their box. Oh, holograms. There's so much, there's so much going on there. But I was wondering as I walked around, these are not small companies. I mean, you, no. you're going quickly. I mean, you guys have come out of the box strong, and you're really building a cult brand that's going quickly. You're on Amazon, you're in CVS, you're in Walmart. We're the fastest growing oral care brand in America now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty nutty. We're the number two, uh, what's considered the quote-unquote natural segment player. Tom's is number one. We're number two. Uh, Last syndicated data I saw, we were bigger than number three through number eight combined. We contributed the majority of the growth to the category, and this particular segment of the category, natural products, natural segment products, is outpacing traditional oral care by an order of magnitude. So we're, we're the largest private toothpaste company in America. We have all these great data points. That's awesome. Um, and it's amazing. I started, it was me, three people, and a dog. Now we're 12 people. And, and sometimes the dog? three dogs. Okay. Yeah. So you can't cut more the dog. dogs. More dogs. How do these big players, do they just ignore you? Do they try to copy you? Like, how do they respond? Um, well, when we first launched, we, we received a nasty grant from one very large company in particular. Uh, that didn't like, you know, what we were talking about and how we were talking about it. Okay. Um, we we prevailed, which was exciting. It's fun when your first introduction to a big company is through the legal department. So that's always fun. Um, I think that uh, the category is so big that we're probably not, you know, freaking anybody out. And and by the way, if we are, and I don't want to sound too naive because we're growing a lot, so we might be, you know on a lot of radar screens, we feel like we're having a different conversation with a different kind of person in a new way than the traditional players are. And frankly, everyone thinks the little guy hates the big guy. You know, it's David versus Goliath. You hear that all the time. I don't feel that way at all. I, I, don't, I don't have any animus towards big companies. I actually think the dirty little secret is small companies wish they were big companies. And I think a lot of ways big companies wish they could behave a lot more like a small company. So I, I think part of the magic will come over time with how big companies get a little more nimble and funky, not just, oh, we're going to set up internal venture departments and we're going to set up incubators. That's a step in the right direction. Um, but I also think small companies have to learn how to step up their game a little bit, hello included, right? We're, we're, we're really excited about where we're going, but we never forget 
that this is a $40 billion global category, yeah. effectively owned by you know, three major players. So we always want to be respectful. Our goal, again, is to just make the best stuff that the most people can buy and fall in love with and make it as natural as we can do that. And if we just stick to that, it's like the signal-to-noise ratio is going to just go away for us because that's our signal. We're pure. We're putting that out there. Whatever anyone else is doing, that's cool. Like, good, good for them. We're focused on, you know, bringing naturally friendly products to everybody. The so you, 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 get, you clearly, I mean, you're doing it, and you're doing it well. Thanks. And you're, I mean, these products, as I said, I, I'm not, I am not a paid endorser, but I... I you're do, an actual I, user. I do, and I love it. It's fun. It's, you know, I... I really love the. I started with the mouthwash. I moved to toothpaste. I'm enjoying all of them, but I have to ask. You know, it always looks good from the outside. You know, you've been at this for a lot while now. We were talking earlier before we started taping yeah, about years. the the you know what, this whole sort of entrepreneurship hype. What I call entrepreneurship porn. Um, I'm sure you've made mistakes. Oh my god! And so you know, and 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 I, and you don't seem like the kind of person who would be unafraid to tell us about them. So what have you gotten no. really, 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 really wrong? Um, let's see. With, with in general or with hello? Let's start with hello. Okay, good. Because it'll it's a longer list. We could devolve very quickly. Um, the first launch of hello, we had really exotic custom packaging that in fact was so differentiated, no one could tell what it was. That was a big mistake. I mean, we're basically trying to break every category norm we could, apart from the fact that it was toothpaste and mouthwash and breast spray and toothbrushes. The toothpaste was so, uh, so sort of hyper-focused on environmental aspects that we could fit like 12 ounces of product in a tiny vessel. Like it, it looked very deceptively small, but volumetrically, it was incredibly efficient. And so it was, was like beautiful. really concentrated? No, the, the goop inside was, was the goop. Like okay. we didn't change anything in terms of the concentration, but the actual, the ergonomics and the engineering of the package and the, the shape of it was so funky wow. that we could fill it in, in a tremendous you know, way in terms of the, the volume of product that was in it. But the problem, because we didn't want a secondary package. I didn't. I was like, boxes are terrible. Why do we want that? We're just going to have this beautiful thing. And it was white and it was soft touch. Meanwhile, by the time it got to the store, it had been tossed around in totes and bashed around with mascara and aspirin and everything else that goes in a tote that ends up at a store. And this beautiful, pristine, white, soft-touch, magical-feeling thing was, like, all beaten up. It had no box. There was very limited space to write any copy on it. So people were like, what the hell is this thing? It showed up in the show Two and a Half Men on set, like, next to a nightstand. They thought it was a hand lotion. So imagine on a shelf, surrounded by things in boxes, there's this crazy squat-looking weird shape, you don't know what the hell it is with no box, and it just said like fluoride toothpaste, it said hello, fluoride toothpaste. People are like, what is this thing? So it was a little too far out there. Did you focus group it? Had you kind of? No. Okay, so you just no. put it out, you just kind of like put it out put there. It out the focus there. group was like, I love this, we have these awesome design partners, we all think it looks beautiful, and it's beautiful. We won basically every design award in the world. Like, I mean, it's super sexy. And the thing is, sometimes, I used to be a trader in a prior life. You're never wrong, you're just early. Maybe we were a little early. And who knows, maybe we'll launch with something like that later. But we, we basically decided, all right, we gotta, we gotta stop this really fast. And we built tools. I mean, we made custom tools to make these custom bottles and custom tools to hold the custom bottles so that, that when they went down the line, they could be filled. I mean, wow. this is a major investment. Yeah. So we learned, it, and we, ne we have no laurels ever to rest on, 
And if we screw up, like, by the way, here's my next acronym, which I've trademarked. It's called FUF, which stands for fuck up fast. I like that. And it's better than FOFER. Wait, FOFU. FOFU. Fear of effing up. Yeah, no, I'm like fuff, fuck up fast. Yeah, so if okay. you, sorry, you can have fudge it. up fast. So if you screw up, you gotta fix it really fast. And if you don't try, that was my, my earlier thing, right? Fear of not trying. You'll never know. If you don't try, you've already failed. And focus groups, I'm always, it's not that we don't like research, it's how and when you do the research that's so important and who's interpreting the research and through which lens they're looking at when they're trying to interpret it. Because at one point with EOS as an example, um, I remember a focus group where basically if we had listened, the lip sphere never would have seen the light of day. They crushed it in the focus group. So it was stupid, no one would ever buy it, I hate it. And it was you know, a pretty big, expensive firm. Yeah. So you know, not everyone gets it right. Research can't tell you, you know, everything. So in this case for our toothpaste, there was no research. Then we got clever. Then we brought in more you know, smart people to the team. They said, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's try to figure out what, what went wrong here and then how quickly can we fix it? So again, we're, there's no pride of authorship or ownership. There's only pride around making the product as awesome as we can make it. So if we screw up, bam, chop it, move on, fix it fast. So, so we alluded to this earlier, but um, I, I, I think we're kindred spirits. We both like to make up words, which I don't know what that says about either of us, except Did that- you take Latin when you were little? No, no. I, I speak a couple different languages, so maybe that's it, but I have been making up words since college. Um, I don't know why, but I, I've been trying to make McGinsonin happen, like an incident with, by McGinnis, McGinsonin. Nice. I love it. I'm working on it, like, you know, we'll see. Maybe we'll make the dictionary, but anyway, I write them down, I have a list. I also have a list of all the cool words that I learn, funny brands, whatever. But it seems like you like doing this too, and you're actually on the advisory board of a firm that does this, right? Yeah, it's so a great what's story. The so I, I hired this amazing agency, they're called Lexicon. If anyone's okay. looking for someone to help with naming, Lexicon. Lexiconbranding.com, I believe is their fabulous <laughs> URL. Um, and I, had this amazing conversation with the founder of the company. And he literally said to me, and, and again, like I engaged them, we did some work together, like I, I hired them, they, they did beautiful, fabulous work. And the founder of the company said, I've never met someone who's as passionate about names and naming as I am. And I think I probably said, well, that's because my name's Craig Dubitsky and I have such a crap name that <laughs> you know, I try to focus on, on other names. And he said, you know, I'm gonna put together this board and I'd love for you to be the chairman of my advisory board because I've never had any kind of board like this. So I was very flattered and I've been doing that uh, and working with them for a very long time now. And this agency, Lexicon, they named Swiffer, Febreze, Dasani, wow. Pentium, MacBook, PowerBook, DeskJet, LaserJet, Xbox, Sonos, one of my favorites because it's a palindrome. Um, and they have, I think at one point, and I could be wrong, the number may be greater than this. They had 83 linguists around the world and that's, this is what they do. They come up with names and of course, all the legal bits and, and the uh, web-related functionality, like is there a URL, can there be a URL? Um, but it's really coming up with, with words that are gonna be, I think, immediately evocative. That's where I went with hello. It's like, no matter what country you're in, it doesn't matter what language you speak. And by the way, the number of actively spoken languages keeps decreasing. Yeah. So you could be in a very far away part of the world and they know what hello means. So it's a really interesting word, an interesting word for a brand. 
you know, because people get it. It doesn't mean anything other than what it means. And it's broad, so you can take, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, we're hello product. You're thinking hello, about hello where you're going to go. So you're, you're in toothbrush, you're in, you're in you're mouthwash, you're in tooth, sorry, toothpaste, mouthwashes, toothbrushes. Mm -hmm. where, where, if, can you give us a little sneak peek at where you want to take these things? All I can say is there's a lot more stuff coming out very, very shortly in oral care. And, the, and by the way, speaking of words, like another word we trademark is replenishment. Every word I could misspell that ends with M-E-N-T, oh. spelling M-I-N-T and having fun, and mintresting, because we got that one. Um, so we, I love wordplay. It's like my, my favorite thing. So you, we are definitely... You're a mintellectual. That was amazing. Wow, it just happened right amazing. here. That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, so we have a bunch more stuff, again, in oral care, but it's Hello Products, not Hello Oral Care Inc. So yeah. we think there are a lot of categories that are ripe for... Uh, you know, products that have some love and some joy and some fun and some beautiful design and natural ingredients in them. And I will point out one thing. I did not say disruptive products or disruptive brand because I keep hearing I that word. Sorry, I said it. No, no, it's okay. It's a, it, it, I understand why people use it. And I hear that word and I sort of get a little good, right? Well, for me, I think that the only people that use that word, the word disruptive, are the people being disrupted. Like no one ever said, oh, you didn't say, I love that charcoal. Oh my God, it's the most disruptive toothpaste I ever use. You're like, I love it. It makes me smile. I, you know. So again, the only people that tend to use that word or challenger are the ones being challenged, yeah. are the ones being disrupted. Like no one sets out to say, I want to challenge the category. I want to be the disruptor. It's like, I want to be disruptive because we delight people more. Like that's, the goal isn't to be disruptive, it's to be able to delight people more. And if by delighting them, we end up disrupting, who are we disrupting? The people that aren't delighting them. I think you should say mintruptive. I like that. I'm, call, uh, I'm calling the lawyers uh, right now. <laughs> it's gonna be race to, race to godaddy.com. We're getting that URL. <laughs> okay, I wanna hit one more topic before we wrap up, which I is um, for fans of the show, they know that I am a big proponent of part-time entrepreneurship, what I call 10% entrepreneurship. You are somebody who's done this, and you got, your, you got your start kind of in consumer products by being an early investor and board member in Method Products, which is a, I won't say disruptive, I'll say Transformation. a transformational Lovely. cleaning products company where everything is natural, and it's really, it's a great, I mean, it's everywhere now, right? You can't miss it, but when you look at choosing side ventures and investing or advising companies, like, what are your kind of key criteria? People, obviously, I'm going to fill that yeah. one in for you first. First, I know first and foremost... There. First and foremost, right, if they don't have the passion, it's like, why are they doing this? Because you meet people and they're like, well, I just thought there was an opportunity. I'm like, gotta go. Like, yeah. that's not good enough. Like, there's a white space. Oh, well, if I do this, someone's gonna buy me. No. Yeah. Like, if the focus is just about money, I always walk away. Because money's gonna come and money's gonna go and nothing's easy. And if that's your sole driver when things get really tough, and by the way, it can get tough in terms of the cash flow of the company. Are they gonna walk away? If it's all about the cash, that's not good enough. So that's my first like telltale sign. Like, if it's all about the money, nope. Like, why are you doing this? Like, what sparked this drive to, to, to take this on? Yeah. And it's all about that. If that isn't a good answer, if there's something that doesn't really like get you going, when you hear that story, you you shouldn't you shouldn't do it. Then it's mercenary. And everyone has a BS meter and they'll be able to tell. Like people can tell. They're like, that just doesn't feel, here's another word that I, I'm a little loath to use, but it doesn't feel authentic. Oh, yeah. I say genuine, genuine now. Genuine's I better think, than authentic. Okay, right. interesting. Did you okay. hear I just said genuine too. Boom. Yeah. 
there you go. <laughs> so I think people can tell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. And, and then, you know, like you try the product, hopefully. Like there's an idea. Yes, I get that idea. And then it's like, well, let's try it. Like, what does it taste like? What does it feel like? It can be early because no one starts out with, you know, the most perfect design and engineered packaging and all that stuff or, um, or a brand that's fully developed yet. You have to feel something. Something has to trigger. And if it doesn't, if your spidey senses don't tingle in a good way. Yes, that's, and what I'm hearing, this is so important, is FOMO is not an investment strategy. A lot of people invest because their they're friends investing, they're this. You need to get in there. You need to touch the product. You need to understand how it works. And you have to feel connected to it. And if you do that, you're in a much better position to add value anyway. That's right. If you don't believe in the proposition and the people behind that proposition and what caused them to lose sleep at night to do this, you got to walk away. Yeah. Okay, so this is the show about finding the power to choose the things you actually want and the courage to miss out on the rest. We started this when I asked you if you had FOMO. You said no. So what would be your advice to somebody who wants to get to that nirvana that you're enjoying today? You should just be scared of not figuring out what you really love. If you love brands, if you love canoes, if you love you know, fill in the blank, do everything you can to figure out how to form some kind of a business, some kind of a venture around that, because it'll never be work for you. Like I love music. And the day I feel like I could really play guitar is the day I'll never touch a guitar again. And by the way, I'll never really learn how to play guitar, not only because I suck, but because like, it, it, it's, it's impossible to figure it all out. And that's the joy. Like, it keeps you going. So I've said this before. Yeah, you have to fall in love with the problem. And if you fall in love with the solution, the solution is never really lasting for the most part. The problem's probably lasting. And once you realize you're never really solving, you just keep going and perfecting, perfecting, perfecting. And it keeps you up at night and you're just going. And then you have no regrets. Yeah. Because you're doing what you love. You're doing what's driving you. So it's, figure out what you love and go hell bent for glory on that. Because it'll never feel like work. I hear in this, it's curiosity, partially. I mean, Absolutely. I, and, and as somebody who spent a lot of time trying to figure out what they wanted to do and finally figured it out, you flip the switch and it's like you never work again. I never worked another day after that. Right, right. And more good things happen to you because people feel it and they respond to that. Definitely. And we want to be around that, yeah. right? Because it's genuine and right. lovely because so much of life is not so genuine and not so lovely. So when you see it and you feel it and you meet it, everything gets, you know, the signal to noise ratio works itself out. So it's pretty cool. Amazing. So, so we've covered a lot of ground today. We did. If people want to find out more about you, more about Hello, where should they go? I know we'll put some links on the website. Yeah, that's great. But is there well, a particular place? Yeah, two things. One is there's a Skype button on our website, and it's really me. It comes to me. So if you go to helloproducts.com, there's a Skype button. If you pull it up, that's the, wow. it doesn't go to anyone else. It comes to me. So one, you can Skype me. My email is craig at hello-products.com. And I give everyone my cell phone number. People are like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, 917-392-1000. That's my wow. cell phone. So call, write, text, Skype, email, link in with me. I love LinkedIn. More cool things have happened to me over LinkedIn than I can tell you. I love LinkedIn. It's like, hmm. A beautiful thing. Yes. So, yeah, call, write, text, Skype, try some product. I, I, I think you're going to love it if you do. We have kids' product that's awesome. You know, stuff is going in your kids' mouths. You should know what it is. Yes, you should. So, yeah. Yeah, be in touch. Oh, and if anyone's here, um, I know a lot of people are here, so scratch that. For the people that are here that may be listening, watching, 
um, I brought a lot of product with me. So if people want some samples, come hit me up. You can text me, 917-392-1000, tell me where you want to meet. I'll hook you up with some toothpaste and toothbrushes and who knows what else. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so it's much. Spreading the friendly. Thank you for having me. Um, so I want to shift gears to end the show here with my classic faux moment of the week. That's the moment that, to me, kind of embody what is FOMO. And I was at the ice cream shop the other day here in Manhattan on 8th Street. I walked out the door, and there was a crowd of about 250 people, all with their cell phones up in the air, trying to get a picture of somebody, trying to get a picture of somebody. And so I walked out, and I started asking around, well, you know, because I had a little FOMO to who is, who is here? First person told me, Jay-Z's inside that building. That's his record office. Second person said, Kanye West is at the doctor. A third person said, isn't it pathetic how we're all standing here waiting for somebody we don't even know who was inside to come out so we can take a picture of them? And so I took a picture of the crowd, posted it to my Instagram, at Patrick J. McGinnis Duck, and I moved on with my day. So just remember, if it's a beautiful day, don't waste your time waiting for a celebrity to come out so you can take a picture of them. Just go home and then maybe read the New York Post later on and you can find out who actually was there at the end of the day. And with that, I'm going to uh, wrap this episode of FOMO Sapiens. Um, again, my name is Patrick McGinnis. You can find out more about me, about FOMO Sapiens, about 10% entrepreneurship, about anything you want uh, associated with uh, what I'm doing out in the world uh, at patrickmcginnis.com. And as always, if you like the podcast, go to iTunes, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and subscribe. Um, so thanks so much for joining. And until next time, I'll see you on FOMO Sapiens.